You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. In fact, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin, working hard to bring you what's possible for your health. The Freighter and MCW Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. For more information, go to www.freighter.com academic. Today's episode is also brought to you by Brewtown Trading Co. Brewtown Trading is the number one destination in Wisconsin for buying, selling, and trading sports cards and memorabilia. Brewtown, home of the hobby's biggest hits. The Packers take care of the Minnesota Vikings 21-16 in a game that Green Bay jumped out to a huge lead, 21-0 at one point in the first half, and held on after the offense really struggled. And I know that a lot of fans are going to want to focus on the negative part of it and all of the punts and the sloppy turnovers and Dalvin Cook having a career high in in yardage and the big plays that the Packers defense gave up. What I want to emphasize here is Green Bay against two teams that Fought for the playoffs last year, one team that went. These are two teams with a winning record from last year and who both figure to be in the playoff mix this year. Green Bay emerges from a two-game slate against those teams, one on the road and one at home, 2-0. That is all that ultimately matters. There are no pictures on the standings, just like there are no pictures on the golf scorecard. Green Bay got the win. And that is what ultimately matters here. Green Bay is 2-0. They are at the top of the NFC North, and they are one of just five current NFC teams to be undefeated. And it is hard to, it is hard to pick out other NFC teams that have looked considerably more impressive through two weeks, especially when you look at the balance. But I want to focus on the offensive part of this to start with because Green Bay starts out, and they leap out to this 21-0 lead. And the offense looks unbelievable. The first drive, first play of the game, they go and hit a big play on play action to Devontae Adams. And they hit a swing pass to Aaron Jones, and they come back later in the drive and turn that swing pass action into a screen the other way to Jamal Williams for a touchdown. And this is the perfect summation of what Matt LaFleur's offense can be. You go play action, you get the deep shot. Then you get the running back involved on an interesting look, a swing screen type look. And then this illusion of complexity, things that look the same but are different. Same action on the swing with two running backs in the game at once. 
and you come back and you make the screen look and you score a touchdown and you go up 7 nothing. What is frustrating, and I understand this from a, from a Packer fan perspective, is it looked so easy. And they, they have these package plays and they have this this swagger and this tempo and they're they're snapping the ball with fewer seconds on the play clock than than they normally do or or in this case I suppose it's more they take fewer seconds off than normal and they're they're going up and down the field on Minnesota on one of the best defenses in football against a team that held Atlanta in check last week it was impressive Going up 21-0 is impressive. And I, and I offered this question to Packers fans after the game. I said, if Green Bay does not get out to the lead as they do, if instead what they do is they score on the first drive, let's say, and then maybe the fourth drive, and then the seventh drive, and it's 21 that way, do they feel better or worse? And most of the people who responded said they would have felt better because I assume you don't feel like you're blowing the lead. And Green Bay, by the way, did not blow the lead. Even the touchdown that was called back, they they were never trailing. And it looked like they were going to be in a position to trail, but they didn't because the defense came up with critical stops in big moments. And then the offense at the end salted the game away. That is the formula. I just want to I want to take you back a couple weeks where I said what this team probably will be and likely can be is a team that is led by its defense because we knew the offense was behind. If you listen to this show, we talked about it all the time through the preseason process. The offense is behind the defense. So just be high variance on offense and be solid on defense. And Green Bay has been more than solid on defense. They've been outstanding on defense. They forced four turnovers on Sunday. That's after absolutely dominating Mitch Trubisky. And yeah, they gave up yards. And they gave up 421 in total yards. And we're going to get to the defense, and I don't want to get bogged down in this. But they gave up 421 total yards, but almost 190 of those yards. So nearly half came on three plays. You had the long 75-yard touchdown run to Dalvin Cook. You had the 62-yarder to Beebe, son of former Packers, Dom Beebe. And then you had the 49-yard touchdown to Stephon Diggs that Jair Alexander played as perfectly as you can, except he just missed the ball at the end. If you give up big plays, you have to make big plays. Green Bay forces four turnovers and an extra fumble that they didn't recover. That is what you have to do. And while it is true that for three quarters, Green Bay's offense bogged down for that first quarter, they were awesome. And that's enough because you scored enough points to win. You scored three touchdowns in that opening stanza, and that was enough. And you imagine if they had been down, they would have treated their offense in the second half a little bit differently. They were able to run the ball. They were able to give Aaron Jones a career high in carries. They were able to stick with the run game. They were able to have incredible balance. I mean, incredible balance. I mean, you look at this 34 passing attempts, 33 rushing attempts. In the modern game, that's a that's a weird distribution, and it was actually a more balanced attack 
than what Minnesota showed, despite the fact that Minnesota stuck with their run game, even being down multiple scores. So my point in all of this is to say, yes, it is frustrating that Green Bay's offense bogged down at times against a very good defense. But showing that you can hang 21 points, even scripted. By the way, there were some fans on Twitter that wanted to be like, oh, well, but these were scripted plays. Yeah. You know what is important? Um, Doing well with scripted plays. No coach has ever said, you know what we'd like to do? We'd really like to pee down our legs on these scripted plays. We just don't really care. We just, you know, we'd much rather be bad. No. You want to be good at those. That's why you script. You script so that you are you are picking plays that you like. You think that you can beat the other team with. And so when you do it, it, it proves your preparation was good. Not, oh, it's some secret sauce. This is not, why don't they just make the whole plane out of the black box? No, that counts. That matters. And then the defense has a chance to counter. And the defense did. When Aaron Rodgers was asked after the game, what changed? He said, Mike Zimmer. I mean, that was, it was his answer. He said, Mike Zimmer. He's a really good coach. And he is. And, and so I understand the frustration. But Green Bay's offense, Aaron Rodgers looked in control basically the whole game. Now, there were some times when, you know, some things didn't go their way. Minnesota gets paid to play defense, too. Rodgers, you know, had some plays that were well thrown that Minnesota just made great plays on. There was the the corner out to Devontae Adams. Harrison Smith gets his hand and knocks the ball away. It was in Devontae Adams' hands. There was a, a play to Marquez Valdez-Scantling in the middle of the field that he has. Jaron Curse fights him to the through the catch point and makes the play as he's going to the, the ground. Instead of a first down, Green Bay ends up having to punt. And you have Aaron Jones on a wheel route. It is underthrown by a foot. And Eric Hendricks makes a great play on it. These plays happen. And when you're going up against a defense, they happen more often. Green Bay's offense is not sharp yet. Is that okay? Yeah, because they won. If they lost, you'd say, no, it's not okay. But they didn't. So it was okay. And even if it took some bizarre sequence of events to get there, including a touchdown being overturned, Green Bay's defense made enough plays to win, and so did the offense. We can't take that part of it away from this team. Before we move on, I want to talk about Vivid Seats. We all love a night out, whether it's going to see our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With the Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program, you can attend the concert of your choice or the show, or whatever it is, and earn credit toward your next live event. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice, all on the Vivid Seats app. To make life even easier, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows you to earn credit back. Vivid Seats rewards. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats reward loyalty program. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats reward loyalty program today. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. 
But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find innovative cures for complex diseases, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. All right, I, I want to talk about the defense because it is so impressive what Green Bay was able to do. Now, I understand Dalvin Cook, career high, 154 yards on 20 carries. But... He only scored once. He only scored once. And Mike Patton understands that the quickest way you get beat is through the air. Meanwhile, Kirk Cousins, 14 of 32 for 230 yards, a touchdown, but two interceptions and two fumbles. The Packers only were able to recover one of them. Jair Alexander had three balls go right through his mitts. Probably should have had at least one interception, maybe two. Darnell Savage forces a fumble. He gets a deflection that turns into an interception. Kevin King gets an interception in the end zone to prevent the Vikings from taking a lead to make it two straight weeks. Pretty incredible. Two straight weeks. Green Bay gets an interception in the end zone to thwart an opponent drive. And when you create four turnovers at home, you're going to win, especially when you only turn it over twice. Now, those turnovers that Green Bay committed were sloppy, just sloppy, just unforced, really. I mean, the low snap is, that's just unacceptable. The Geronimo Allison one is kind of unfortunate, but it's, it's also just sort of unacceptable. Kirk Cousins, you know, you get strip sacked because your offensive line can't block the Packers' defensive line, it's not really on it's not really on Kirk. And I will say that the interception he threw in the end zone to Kevin King, definitely on him, threw into double coverage. The one he threw to Stephon Diggs that, that Darnell Savage deflected into the arms of Preston Smith, there were four, five, six Packers in the vicinity. That's a bad play. But Green Bay's defense made it. So to my earlier point... If you're going to give up some yards, and Green Bay's defense is going to give up yards, especially when you put together these designer blitz packages, when you are allowing teams to just say, if you want to run the ball, run the ball, you're going to give up some plays. Green Bay's tackling, as the game wore on, especially left a little bit to be desired. You expect those legs got a little bit tired. The the fatigue sets in, and it makes it harder to tackle guys like Dalvin Cook. Part of that is Green Bay's offensive inability to sustain drives in the second half. But this defense made the plays that it had to make when it had to make them. And that is so critical for the Packers to get to where they want to get to this season. And it is almost a cliche now, and we're only two weeks in, but it is still almost a cliche now where 
two players on defense combine to make a play and you go, oh, well, that's Brian Gutekunst. Because you look at the interception, the first one, Darnell Savage, Brian Gutekunst trades up to get Savage. He deflects the ball into the arms of Preston Smith. And you get a big turnover. And there were so many instances of that against Chicago. Same kind of deal. So, you know, there are there are so many more playmakers on this defense now than Green Bay is used to having. They can lean on this defense in ways that they have not been able to lean on a defense in a long time. And it's important that they were able to do that because if you go back and you look at some of the pivotal moments in this game and not just, let's say, that interception in the end zone because clearly that was an important play. You are you know, taking at least three points off the board and that has repercussions for how the entire rest of the game plays out. But when you look at at the rest of this game. So Green Bay, on the opening drive, they go four plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Next possession, 11 plays, 63 yards, touchdown. Next possession, four plays, 33 yards, touchdown. It's 21 to nothing. Next drive, three plays, 47 yards. They are deep in Minnesota territory. They fumble. Allison gives it up. But the Packers' defense, they go three and out. They force a three and out. Three plays, two yards. Huge. The Packers and Vikings then exchange three and outs. (laughs) Terrific. Now, the next possession, this is where the interception happens. And this this is when I thought the game really turned because Green Bay with possession in Minnesota territory, if they score really any points, it feels like the game is over. Even a field goal makes it 24-7 and probably puts the game out of reach. A touchdown certainly ends it. Green Bay instead gives up a field goal, almost a touchdown, but ends up being just a field goal, and after that, the half basically ends. From there on out, so it's 21-10 to at halftime, okay? The next six Green Bay possessions, fumble, punt, 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 punt. Now, after the first two possessions, Green Bay goes four plays, punt, three plays, punt, three plays, punt. And then seven plays, punt is the last one. And that was a three-minute drive that bleeds the clock down and, and that essentially ends the game. So, you know, that's a good set of plays. But to have your defense hold up in the face of that, That is not something that Green Bay is really used to having as a luxury. The Packers' defense came through in two weeks when the offense didn't have it going. And to have that luxury is just not something that Aaron Rodgers has had in at least a couple years. And it doesn't have to be all the time that you're going to win games 35-31. I mean, I said 23-21. When the injury report came out, I said, okay, 24-20. Ended up being a five-point game, and Green Bay's defense played even better than I thought they would. Kevin King and and Jair Alexander were, you know, they, they gave up some plays in this game, but they made the plays they had to when they needed to make them. Kevin King gets the splash play. He gets the interception. Darnell Savage misses the Dalvin Cook play, but then, you know, he creates a turnover of his own. He's the reason that Dalvin Cook goes 75 yards, takes a bad angle, but then you create a turnover. I mean, that is what this defense has to be. 
And if it's going to be that, then that gives this offense a little bit more leeway to get it together. Right now, they're high variance. But if they make progress like this sort of incrementally every week, then by midseason, they're going to be good, like actively good. And what I've what I've tried to explain, and I want to I want to I want to finish on this, and so I don't want to go into it. Is this Green Bay offense is a work in progress, but there is something key about it that makes it particularly important to possess the ball. And and that sounds like a weird thing, because you go well in order to score, you have to have the ball, right? No, this is important, and I'm going to explain it right after this. But before we do, I want to talk about something else that's really important, and that's your performance in the bedroom. If you're having issues there, or you feel like you might, or you just want a little bit of a boost, go to BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Remember, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for anyone who wants a little extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than buying in a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code Locked On. Just pay for shipping. Again, BlueChew.com with the promo code Locked On to try it free. Listen up, Packer fans. Here is your opportunity to win free tickets to the Bears-Packers game week 15. This game could be for the division, and Brewtown Trading Co. wants to send you and a buddy for free. Brewtown is your number one destination in Wisconsin for buying, selling, and trading sports cards and memorabilia. Here is how to enter. You can go to Brewtown's store on 76th and Cold Spring, just off 894 in Greenfield, to receive five entries to win when you mention Locked on Packers. While you're there, check out the shop. They're always stocked with the hottest releases of wax from Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. Plus, they're always interested in your unwanted sports cards and memorabilia. They're always having events, so follow their social accounts for the latest schedule. Use the Locked on Packers hashtag on the Brewtown Facebook page or on Twitter for another free entry to win tickets. Not local? Check out their live breaks on Facebook or have them ship product directly to your house. Again, Brewtown Trading Co. located just off 894 at 76th and Cold Spring in Greenfield. And on Facebook and Twitter, Brewtown, home of the hobby's biggest hits. So here's the thing about the Matt LaFleur offense. He is going to understand the tendencies. He's going to understand what he does and understand how you're going to attack it. And so the more data points that he gets, this is you know sort of like a computer building self-awareness. The more data points he gets the better and more effective he can make his offense because you say, okay, here's how we think they're going to play this, and then they play it that way. And here is the counter off that. The first touchdown is the perfect example. But you know when you can't get to that is when that first thing doesn't work. Now, the Packers ran the ball effectively in this game, very effectively, in fact. Aaron Jones, a career high in carries. 
but they weren't able to get the play action going consistently after that, and it's something they need to be more diligent about sticking to. I'm going to be so fervent about that. They have to use it more often, and they have to do it and pick up more underneath. I mean, you watch these other games, and there are so many throws that the quarterback is making where he's got a guy on a crossing route running free. And all he has to do, if it's not open initially, is buy a little bit of time. And you've got a guy, whether it's in zone or man coverage, and he's running free. This is this is the route of the modern NFL is these crossing routes. Because whether you're in man or zone, it is so hard to stick with these guys with the size and the speed that they have. Green Bay has not been able to get enough underneath going. It is either big plays or nothing, or swing routes. And and what I really liked to see was, you know, they, they would go play action, and then if there was nothing up there, Rodgers would have a receiver to outlet to, not a running back, to try and create something after the play. I think that's a great wrinkle. That's a wrinkle they didn't have in week one. This is the offense that looked like the Matt LaFleur offense. I don't know what happened in week one. That was not a Matt LaFleur offense. This was. But what you need to have is some continuity. So if you're running the ball effectively, you should be able to play action effectively. Now, again, and I've emphasized this before, but it bears repeating because a lot of people still don't seem to understand it. You do not have to run the ball well to play action well. But if you are running the ball well, you have no excuse to not play action well. No excuse because you should be calling it. Even if you are an old school mentality person and believe that you have to run the ball well to play action well, then when you are running well, you should be calling play action. And those early drives were almost all contingent on the play action pass. So Green Bay has to find more ways to use play action and they have to find more ways to just get easier throws off play action, not just deep shots. Don't just call that deep post off play action or that that double move corner route or whatever it is. Find ways to just get easy throws for your offense. Build in some more of those RPOs. Build in some more of those package plays where you can either throw the receiver screen or give the ball or whatever it is. There's, there's a number of them in this offense. We haven't really seen the full array of this offense to this point. But what you need is you need to be able to run that swing play to Aaron Jones to set up the screen off of it. So if the only thing that's working early in your down is running the ball, you can't set up that other stuff in the same way. What you should be able to set up is play action, and what Green Bay was unable to do was stick to that play action as much as they should have. There have been some some statistical studies of this that have found essentially we have not reached the limit of the play action pass, or at least it doesn't seem that we have in terms of efficiency, that no team yet has run play action so much as to reach a point of diminishing returns on it, that no, it doesn't work at a certain point. No, it it works. It always works. So just keep running it. And so if you're a team like Green Bay and you're running the ball as effectively as you are, just keep play actioning them to death. And make sure that you have concepts that allow you to get those deep, middle, and short-range shots. Because Green Bay stopped being able to do that. They stopped being able to take advantage of that running game. And then in third and short-yarded situations, were unable to convert. 
So we have yet to see Green Bay play a complete game offensively. In week one, they played really one drive offensively. Now it was one quarter, one corner to little. Okay, if next week they play a complete half offensively, they should beat the Broncos by two touchdowns. Because this defense is absolutely for real. And I know that there were some there were some concerns about Darnell Savage. According to Rob Domofsky, he was kicked. The the boot was basically a protective thing, so don't worry about that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it until further notice. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Zachary Jacobson from Packer Report, formerly of Cheesehead TV, is going to be on the program for Expert Tuesday. We're going to have our crossover Wednesday, working on a guest for Thursday because Denver is an uncommon opponent, so I want to make sure we spend as much time on Denver and trying to get you familiar with their team as we possibly can. Green Bay opened. I saw it initially as 7.5. It was almost immediately 8.5 when I checked it, so... Green Bay is a, a major favorite in this game at home, and rightfully so. They should they should beat Denver by double digits at home. We'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk about it. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Thank you to Brewtown Trading Co. for sponsoring the podcast today. Thank you for Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin. Also to Vivid Seats and Blue Chew. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, and anytime you want to hit me up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.